Now broadcasting live via Ustream or downloaded directly to your mobile device. Bagdenboard.com presents the Bagdon Boardcast. Oh my goodness, that is crazy. Why are we friends with Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm glad I didn't get slapped. I'm glad your mom wasn't here. Uh, you said your parents don't listen to this. He just looked at me like, I really should I punch him? It doesn't work if you're not wearing Why? a mariachi suit. Uh, not wearing a mariachi suit. I don't know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bagging Podcast 111. Hey. Well, I'm just It's 111. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past weekish, weekish, ish of a week. Yeah. And we follow that up with the list, which is the comic books we're most looking forward to this week. It's February eighth. Then we go into our main topic, our look back on January books, and uh, we are doing Batman number five, number five, Batman number five, and Scarlet Spider number one. And Uncanny Age of Apocalypse. X-Force 19.1? We're going to briefly mention that one, I guess. We're going to talk about it. Because... For a second. There's not much to really say. No. So, but, ooh, what an ending. I didn't make it to the end. Oh, we're getting ahead. <laughs> we're getting ahead um, ourselves. <laughs> well, speaking about heads, we're all kind of hop heads here. So, hey, why not sit back with Sierra... Paul shaking his head. That was a that was a, that was, that was a premium segue. That was that was a Paul <laughs> segue like, right there. That is that is the finest quality segue. Much like these ingredients here. Which you were drinking on Sierra Nevada torpedo extra IPA. You don't know this, but Paul's so proud of him. Was, about I guess that. I was just making fun of the seg- You know how I do a segue <laughs> with how you were making fun of me. With I wasn't making fun of it. I was just like I was channeling you. Oh, okay. I was stroking the ego that is Paul when I said that one. But yes, it's the uh, Torpedo Extra IPA from Sierra Nevada. Um, it's it's pretty good. Um, it's got a little spice to it. It's not overly... It's not tongue-killer hops. See, we've been drinking another IPA before this one, and I feel like that one kind of burnt out my tongue stepping into this. Um, I haven't really formed too much of an opinion on this one yet. This is spicy. It's got a it's, spice to it. It's got like a peppery kind of spice to it. Um, you get that. You still get that citrusy warming. though. Yeah, and then a lot of the rinds on the back end. Yeah, like it does feel like I just like shook some pepper in my mouth and then took a bite out of an orange peel. Like it is marmalade on the back end and just kind of spicy up front. Uh, you get a nice hop aftertaste mm-hmm. in your mouth. Yeah, um, that's a good place to have it. Well, yeah, you know, you don't want it. It's just in your nose because that would be weird. It's just like right there, like it's mm-hmm. like it's like having like a pellet in your mouth, like a hops pellet. Not my favorite. I don't know. It's okay. Um, compared to what we were drinking before, I I think it's apples and oranges. Yeah. I think the Serenac yeah. White IPA is just awesome. Well, it's, we'll talk about the Serenac <laughs> White IPA next week. Wink, wink. <laughs> Two wink, days from now. Wink, wink, wink. Just go out and drink it. It's delicious. Yeah. It's very if good. If you can find it, Saranac is kind of local to us. It's, it's a, a it's a New York. It's an Ithaca brewery. A brewery. But, um, yeah, it's still good. Still good. It's still good. You know what's still not good? What's still not good? The DC, you know, DC.com website. Yeah. <laughs> With their new logo. That we kind of talked about here, uh, we told people about uh, last episode. Yep, that has come to fruition, and it is on everything. Yeah, not a fan of it. Um, not on the comics quite yet, but the DC website is now launched with that lo- with that logo. I don't know, it doesn't look too bad. I mean, once they kind of dress it up for the different books, I like it a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's still too just sterile, and I don't know. I can't yeah. get into it yet. It's graphic <coughs> designy without being cool and crisp. It doesn't, you know, feel new. It just looks. It just does, it doesn't fit DC. Yeah. It's no. boring. Yeah. yeah. I don't like how DC is like with the new Fifty Two and also this new logo is another thing of like they're getting away from their legacy 
like they used to have legacy characters, you know. You used to have Barry Allen and but then you had Wally West like take over the mantle. They've kind of like whitewashed their whole history now, especially with we're still waiting on the JSA book to come out. We don't know what's gonna be happening with that. And this logo like doesn't harken back to anything of DC past. At least with this, you know, star swoop it's harken back to DC Bullet. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and what the, I mean, the bullet they had for what did we say, like sixty years, fifty years? Um, it was a crazy number. It was a, it was a while. It came out. I want to say seventy four. Um, I can't remember. remember. It was definitely around during crisis. Yeah, and that was eighty. Yeah, but I mean, it's like like thirty, like thirty, forty years, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then this last one's like eight to ten. Yeah, maybe ten years of this last one. Not even. But no. yeah, it's and it doesn't it doesn't appeal to that same similar sense. There's no history with it, and yeah. that's why I don't really like it. It's like no, but they're still promoting what to read after Watchmen. But Watchmen is still of its time. <laughs> that movie came out like three years ago. Yeah, no, exactly, and I know it's still like the greatest selling comic book, you know, in the history of comic books or whatever. But it's still. But it's so of its time yeah. that to promote it now when you've like taken away everything else from your history, it doesn't make sense. It's like, why? Where, where's your marketing scheme here? I don't get it. I just don't get it, DC. This beer is very orangey. Yes. Yes. It is marmalade in your mouth. It I'm is. not a fan. No. I don't know. No. It is. Sorry, Saranac. It torpedoed my No, this is Saranac. This is Sierra Nevada, yeah. Uh, I was looking forward to this one, too. You win some, you lose some. Oh. Uh, talking about losing some, people Who's... might become winners or losers over at the BattleNet World Championship. What? <gasps> Gasp! Yeah. You mean BlizzCon, right? No, there's not going to be a BlizzCon this year. What? We're all losing a BlizzCon. Just the second time they've uh, skipped a BlizzCon. I believe the last time they skipped one was in 2007. Um, because of 9/11. No. That, oh. That. No. Six years after. <laughs> yeah. That would have been a little late to the party, much like Slowpoke. Um, internet meme. That <laughs> <laughs> I just found out about. Yes, much like Slowpoke. Hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're not going to do a BlizzCon this year. They're focusing in on this new, the new Battle.net World Championship because uh, to focus on the release of StarCraft II, which makes people a little worried that they're not having games to be announced during BlizzCon to get people excited for. Last year they announced, you know, uh, Mrs. Pandera for World of Warcraft. This year we're supposed to get Diablo 3, even um, though it's gotten pushed back yet again. Well, they're saying now for that June, mm-hmm. um, was, they, they said on a, uh, like, investor call, yeah. like a conference call, that supposedly June is when we're going to see that. But that's still months away at this point. Yeah. I mean... They're looking at, like, quarter two now. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well... No, no, it's supposed to be quarter one of this year. Yeah, they were always talking, like, beginning of mm-hmm. the year. Could it just be like they have nothing to do? Before besides, that, it was supposed to be holiday season of last year. They've got nothing to hype up people. Yeah. It's, you're overhyped at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're still waiting on the second installment of StarCraft Two, the uh, Heart of the Swarm. And... And with Project Titan still not... Really ready to be talked about, I guess. What what are they going to do for BlizzCon other than have people stand in line to buy little figurines of things that they've already bought in before? They can have a masquerade. <laughs> yes, they always do, and have uh, that one comedian MC it. Uh, I don't know. He was on the Married Life of Mary Tyler Moore. No. Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Close though. No, Sam Kinison. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, oh man, I I can David Spade. He reminds me Andy of, Dick. He reminds me a little bit of David Spade and a little bit of uh, another guy, the guy from Rescue Me. But neither of those two Dennis guys. Leary? Not Dennis Leary. He was on. Uh, he was on the movie with. Uh... <laughs> I love episode one eleven. <laughs> Drinking. Uh, Christopher Walken. Uh, you know, younger. oh, oh, um, Jay Thomas, not just Jay Thomas, Jay, Jay Moore, Jay Moore. He always MCs. Uh, Does he really? Yeah, Why? 
Is he just that hard up for work? I guess so. But he's like the unmarried life of something like this, this television show for a while. Something like that, right? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Something unmarried? Larry? Jay Moore unmarried. Something like that. With children. <laughs> no. There were no children. There he wasn't children. married. I'm so confused. <laughs> exactly. you, Paul's point of view is if you're not married, you can't have children. <laughs> wow. Life begins at conception. No. <laughs> Life begins after watching the movie Inception. Is this a dream? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd be dreaming about a better beer, boys. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. true. But, yeah, so no BlizzCon. Jamie Moore, really? Yeah. You should get someone like Adrian Curry, who's like a big wow nut. Or like, Ampersand, what is your shit with that can? The dog just keeps attacking the garbage can, Paul. What's the tension? From the garbage can. Oh, it's... Oh, he tells us he wants to... On the ground, he suplexed oh. the dog. Oh, why do you hate your dog now? I don't really hate my dog. It's a horrible lie. Oh, yeah, so violent. Uh, there were noogies involved in pink bellies. I just feel like there could be so many better hosts than Jay Moore. Apparently, he was always very nice to the people that had basically stage fright because these are introverted people that spent way too many hours making their costumes that suddenly get up on stage in front of everybody. And stream to the world on, you know, the internet. And also available for show on uh, DirecTV. I believe you were able to buy the three-day Blizzard Con pass. That is, yes, that's true. <laughs> but, yeah, but he apparently was always very nice. So I think he did it for three years in a row. Emceed these events. But what is going to happen to Level 70 Chief Warlock What's going to Jay Moore's career when he can't do that this year. <laughs> He'll still guest host the Jim Rome show. He does that too? He's got yeah. his own podcast too. Oh, like, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> we do that too. We don't have a career. Hey guys, I'm Jay Moore. Uh, just checking in. I had oatmeal for breakfast today. <laughs> he has been losing weight. He's not eating. <laughs> I had half a bowl of oatmeal. Yeah. I wonder if his uh, Gary Unmarried That's the name of the show It's on It's on Netflix And Netflix Because But you know Probably nobody here Has signed up for Netflix Because everybody Was so upset With Quickster And the price increase And everything Everybody revolted And dropped nope. Netflix Paul right. was marching When he said all that Right nope. Like everybody No You're right Netflix is not dead In fact From year over year Uh Subscriptions went up 25%. Hmm. Nice. They did lose quite a bit during the whole Quickster like, the, fiasco. When people were like, I can't pay more money! And then it, nothing changed, really. And then they well, joined I mean, back up, or new people joined up yeah. with the, just the DVD just only. DVD or the, just mm-hmm. the internet net yeah. only. Yeah, the streaming, streaming. only. That's what I do. Yeah. Streaming only. It's where to be. I'm glad they didn't go ahead with that Quickster thing, because... Netflix, it's name brand recognition. Yeah. You've got it. You don't need a separate division that has a different name. <laughs> it makes sense. Just keep it all under one brand. One brand. Makes sense. Same, same logo. <laughs> yeah, same logo. Don't change the logo, guys. Keep it that nice red. That red, boxy red. Oh, wait. Striking. Red box. Ooh. Verizon's buying out some uh, percentage of red box in order to try to get some streaming rights for red box. Verizon's joining partnership with them. And HBO has bought out... Uh, Net- Netflix? Net- not Netflix, but Quickflix. Quickflix is the name of the thing. An Australian-only, basically, Netflix competitor. But it's only available so all they in have Australia. is Paul Hogan movies, pretty much. <laughs> like, it's Paul Hogan and Steve Irwin specials. That's gonna, all you got. They're going to get something that Netflix doesn't have, and that's HBO shares. Oh, Because they are buying out... Some of the things because HBO says no. Uh, they've actually come out during earnings calls and said Netflix is just a fad. Like we, we are not going to undercut our sh- programming for net to carry it on Netflix. Now they've gone out to buy part of a small Netflix type brand. I'm thinking they're just trying to figure out how to actually make money yeah. on that kind of thing in a very small market to test it out and to see whether or not they would actually go full bore and maybe go into either buying Netflix because their price their share price was really low or, you know, teaming up 
Well, I mean, HBO are the people that their DVD collections are like seventy five dollars and mm-hmm. hold that price forever. I know they never go on they, sale. Yeah, they never and, do. And they put them like two discs or two episodes per disc, so there's like six discs. Oh. And it's 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 crazy. The only thing that you can get reasonably priced is Curb Your Enthusiasm. And their intros are so obnoxiously long, it's hard to you know. You're like I want to hit play all and get through. Then you can't just skip the intro. But I have to say, I mean, just they make that on, chapter. They put on some great programming. Mm-hmm. Band of Brothers, um, Rome, mm-hmm. first season Deadwood, uh, Carnival, which yeah. we reviewed early on in the show. Well, Can not I, early on because we had to wait like a year for Paul to watch it. <laughs> Well, you know what? Why don't they just do what they Stars do? Like, they have the Stars play. Like, we'll have certain stuff up, but it's only for a brief mm-hmm. amount of time. Like, Well, Stars got to... Test, test the waters with that. Stars yeah. went away from Netflix. They're, they're not doing the Stars play anymore? No. They are, but they still were. I don't know. Last time I heard Stars that wanted more money, Netflix didn't come up with that money, and Stars but was going Netflix away. Netflix now has Showtime. Mm-hmm. Showtime and them are, are like, hand-in-hand. Which they've always had, um, Dex, they've had Dexter, Weeds, mm-hmm. um, and that Spartacus, uh, right after a new episode, they'd put an episode, the, the new episode of Spartacus would come up for instant watch. And that was for the mm-hmm. two seasons so far, and the third season's coming up. That's pretty close, you know, having a new episode almost premiere on Netflix. Which brings me to my last Netflix story, Lilyhammer! Premiered yesterday or two days ago? I don't know what that is. It was I'm not sure. It was an, a Netflix exclusive. Uh, it's all at, up eight episodes are now available on Netflix. It was actually made for a Norwegian television show, but it's premiering here in the United States. The only place you're ever going to be able to see it is on Netflix. It's kind of like their precursor to House of Cards that Netflix actually produced mm. television show. This was produced in conjunction with Norwegian film. Studios. It's about, uh, you know, that one guy from The Sopranos from HBO? The one that actually, you know, was also in. Jay Moore. He wasn't in the E Street Band, but he was Saul on. Uh, wasn't his name Saul or something? Saul? Wasn't that. Oh, I watched all S A L? Saul? Yeah. Right? No, S A U L would be Saul. Sal? Otherwise, it would be Sal. Sal? Sal? Saul? Anyways, you know him. He's the guy from The Sopranos. And imagine that Holly character. Holly Walnuts? The guy with the black hair and the like the wings on the side? No, that was... The white hair with the black wings? I've never watched The Sopranos. Was he in The East Street Band? No. Who was the guy in The East Street Band? Think about Max Weinberg. Yeah, but he was also on Sopranos. The guitarist. The guy that he like had a... like Set his hair on fire and he always wears the uh, bandana on his head because he doesn't have any hair. Huh. I don't know. Anyways... Maybe I'm wrong about the person. Lilyhammer. Vinnie Jones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Ratner. But anyways, it, it basically portrays a mobster from New York uh, needing to go into the witness protection program. And they have to say, you can move anywhere you want. And he says, Lilyhammer, Norway, because he watched the Olympics that were there. And he thought it was a magical place. <laughs> 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 so it's about him like being completely fish out of water, trying to survive in Norway and making a new life there. And it's premiering here in the United States and actually all the regions in Netflix, that Netflix carries now. Uh, on Netflix only. Do you ever see My Blue Heaven with Steve Martin yeah. and Rick Moranis? Yeah, in forever the, ago. Yeah. He's in the Witness Protection Program. Mm-hmm. But it teaches was, everyone to be happy. Wasn't in Norway, though, was it? No. And that was a mobster, Steve Martin mobster, not like Sopranos esque mobster. I got, I, I've never seen Sopranos, so I don't yeah. know who you're talking I, about. I, I saw for, and for first three seasons. How do you feel about, like... Netflix produced? Netflix produced. I mean, there's some Hulu Plus shows that are done by Hulu. Um, I actually just downloaded Crackle on my phone because that's mm-hmm. another, like, hey, free TV and movies thing. Like, you don't have to pay for it. But, like, for the TV, it's all, it's like... Xbox. It's all Seinfeld, Married with Children, and, like, a shit ton of anime stuff. Like, okay, yeah, it's free. But they have their own, like, Crackle-produced shows mm-hmm. that you can only watch it on them. Do you think that's kind of the way of the future, like, to get people... To subscribe, to watch, oh, hey, have you heard about this Lilyhammer show? It's about a Norwegian gangster. No, a New York gangster living in Norway. <gasps> well, how's it going? He's a displaced Norwegian gangster. Yeah. 
What if it was a Norwegian gangster that came to New York? He well, be a New York gangster. What if it would be was... Lily Hammer in New York? I don't know. NCIS. What if it was a man that lived out in the outback and then he came to New York? Wait, that would be Crocodile Dundee. That's on the Clickster or Quickflix or whatever. Quickbooks. Quickflix. I think it is the only way they can actually <coughs> increase their viewership. Nah, it's. Netflix is like the internet brand. Like, they complain that Netflix takes up the bulk of all internet traffic during primetime. Um, it is what people spend their time doing when they're not looking at cat videos, is basically Netflix now. It's. I, I believe, but maybe since I'm more in the bubble ish, I'm not quite bubbled. Yeah. Completely, I live in Buffalo. I don't think there's a way for me to be completely in the tech bubble here. Yeah, but pretty much everybody I know knows what Netflix is at least, and has heard about it and understands what it does. I don't think it can get much bigger until and push people over the line about. I've heard about it. it seems interesting, but you know, I'll just rent my movies from Family Video or Redbox until they get their own. Until there's a show that they're like. Actually, I really want to watch that. That sounds good. And it's only 8 bucks instead of me getting a cable subscription and then tacking on another $15 a month for Showtime or HBO or one of those programs. And that's where they want to compete, is they want to be better than HBO. They're, they're getting there. So you agree? They play a lot of bad movies on Netflix. <laughs> but so does Sci-Fi Channel. Yeah, which most of those are on Netflix. <laughs> the internet is a great place where you can find horrible movies, and then you can find great movies remade by fans to make kind of a horrible movie. Or or just a fun watch it once and kind of know what it is and never watch it again. I'll probably never watch it once, but continue, Paul. Star Wars Uncut is finally done, and <laughs> it is cut. <laughs> And, and done. It took years to get this yes. together, because I remember talking about it forever ago. 2008, I believe it started, so a four-year project. Yeah. John, do you remember this at all? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Chris, what what, what is Star Wars yes. Uncut? Because I've talked a lot. Basically, what Star Wars Uncut was, it was like a very much a fan-driven um, thing. Star Wars Uncut is a fan-driven uh, production where... A bunch of people were getting together on the internet, and everyone was filming their own scene from the movie, and then they were being all kind of stockpiled and edited together to create a fan-done version of Star Wars A New Hope. Um, I think everyone was doing, what, like a 15, or like 20 yeah, second? Like 20 like, second, someone on a little longer. Not 20 split. second like clip of the movie. So ideally it was like when you're watching a scene... Each part of that would be done by like at least like six, seven different people, mm-hmm. and you'd be seeing different storytelling, different like budgets, and different ways for everyone to get this done, kind of all thrown together into a goulash of fan nerdiness. I really feel like the budgets, because I sat down and watched the entire thing uh, this past weekend. I really don't feel like the budgets really varied all that much. <laughs> like it was zero dollars to about. Zero point five dollars. See, I think if we had gotten together and done one, we put probably like twenty seven bucks into it. Yeah, yeah, like that's 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 to buy tinfoil and beer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, wait, how much tinfoil could we buy for a dollar? Well, you dollar, buy a roll. Dollar, dollar store. You buy a roll, but then we just uh, spend the rest on beer. We, just, we actually just bring it from home. <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty much shoestring budget. A lot of people had just like C-3PO painted on their hand. There were some very interesting scenes, which I was like, all right, that was that made it almost worthwhile watching this whole thing. But I'd rather have just seen that one clip. Like the Han Solo, Guido, uh, laser gun fight. I was, blaster fight. There we go. I couldn't think of the word blaster. Uh, being a text adventure, adventure game. Uh, Uncle Owen calling for, you know, Luke being a text adventure. The uh, first scroll, you know, the Star Wars scroll, being an internet, like, comment thread, where the first person says, like, it's, like, Mount the Farmer zero one first. Clever. <laughs> and then, uh, a, uh, Alderaan Dude 37, man, 
the, the intergalactic struggle must suck. I'm so glad I live on a peaceful planet. Let's oh, not let that happen. They all died. Oh. It's, it's, that was funny and clever, but most of the stuff was like, yeah, it's people that dressed up their little kid and is forcing them to do this stuff. A lot of garbage cans used as uh, for uh, R2-D2. It wasn't great. I, I love the love. I think just in theory it was a great yeah. idea, but you know it, it's it not. It sounds like a great idea, but then it's like, what Paul just described was like, well, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, it's a lot of sitting through a lot of the scenes hoping for the good. And then when you get to the good, you're like, oh, it only lasted 15 seconds. Yeah. And then it's a lot of like waiting for the good to come back again. Basically, if you want like a good, I don't even want to say like version of this, but just like go onto YouTube and look for any movie sweeted. Um, I was turned on to this by watching uh, Michael Gondry's Be Kind Rewind. Uh-huh. Um, where it's basically people making movies on no budget. Mm-hmm. And like, have you ever seen Be Kind of Line? I've with heard Jack about Black it. and yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it's a fun movie, and if you go online and just look up, like, Ghostbusters Sweeted, it'll be, like, a group of people that just film their own version of Ghostbusters, and it's only, like, a minute long. <laughs> but it hits those notes that you wanted to. Yeah, they try to fit the whole movie into that. Some people don't get it, and it's just, like, people, like, with their arms out, like, I'm an airplane! I shot you down! Like, some stupid stuff, but they have some really good stuff. I I feel like that's better suited than an actual, like, full feature-length version. I was really hoping you were going to say, movies redone by child actress Jodie Sweden. (laughs) Oh my god! She's got to pay for that mess somehow. (laughs) Exactly! This is how she's to her drug habit. This is... This is just me completely I love off, off the record, but on the record. Like, I would love to meet, like, meeting Jody Sweeten, I guess. Yeah. When she was at the bottom of the barrel there, because it's like, oh, so dude, awesome. like, she's so accessible right now. I can get in. <laughs> I know. Like, I just think that would have been perfect. Yeah. They're like, rehabilitate her, like a little baby bird you find in a shoebox, and like... Don't rehabilitate her. No, like, you don't want meth face, like, waking up to you. Like, no. no. You're there to help rebuild. And it's like, fuck it with Jody Sweeten now. It's like, introduce me to the Camerons. Come on. Can I? I don't want to go over there for Sunday dinner. No. Though. That'd be weird. No. You would have to leave Grace that first time. Yeah. Oh, that's what oh. you do. God bless Full House and Growing Pains. God bless Uncle Joey. But NHL I, I, hockey? I'm just saying, like, that would have been perfect. She married. God bless your very gay show. <laughs> you got any other news? No, no. Johnny got news? Nope. It's on his phone. It's on his phone. Oh, that's not it. Left the phone at home. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll leave at home. My comic books for next week. Yeah, don't leave those at home. That wasn't a good segue. You, you should pick those up at the comic book store this February 8th. February 8th. Which, uh, I'm actually looking forward to a book that I always make sure I mention on here. Um, it's from DC Comics. It's Huntress number 5. What? Uh, I've enjoyed every single issue of this so far. Um, confirmed now that, that Huntress we are watching is Helena Wayne. This is an Earth 2 story. What? Exactly. Um, I don't know how I feel about that because as much as I like Helena Bertinelli, uh, I guess you can't argue too much. I mean, you're still getting a kick-ass story. Um, I'm I'm enjoying it. Marv Wolfman's doing some good stuff on here. Uh, we always talk about <coughs> excuse me, Marcus Toe on art. He's just absolutely knocking out of the park every issue of this book. Um, and I'm glad to see him getting some awesome like big title books like Red Robin and now this. And hopefully uh, he sticks around because I'm buying whatever he's on next. He's one of those artists for me. And I want more Earth Two. A uh, book I'm looking forward to is number two of uh, Lobster Johnson. Um, I believe it's called The Hand That Burns. Oh, man. That was totally going to be a book for their look back. This it was. Wow. Um, too bad he left it at home. I left it at home. <laughs> uh, but um, Mike Manola's uh, one of his fan favorite characters, Lobster Johnson. Um, for back for a miniseries written by Mike Manola, who's been really hitting his Hellboy world hard lately with everything he's been doing. And um, I've always been a fan of Lobster Johnson, and looking forward to more stories. I like it with the 
miniseries versus like an ongoing series. With hmm. with that him, him. lobster Johnson. <laughs> John's a tired. John's boy. a tired boy. But Paul, what are also, you looking forward to? Also yeah. drinking a lot. Some some uh some heroes get tired, and other heroes lay down to die. Much like Resurrection Man, written by Dan Abnett and Andy Landing. Um, it's been a fun series, and this time uh, you find Mitchell Shelley locked up in Gotham. Ooh. Arkham Asylum, which for whatever reason, like this week, seems like there's a lot of characters heading to Gotham. Um, Just weird like that. It's a nice city. It's happening. It's a happening city, a happening point in the DC Universe. A lot of people there, cleaning it up. (laughs) Yeah. Not Huntress, though. She's over in Italy. She's in Italy. But uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a, a, you know, breakout movie uh, in a comic. I love heist movies. I like breakout movies. Hmm. They both have plans where the characters go over the plan and during a, the montage of them going through the plan. That's what I enjoy about this. You enjoy it. <laughs> if Paul had done part of a Star Wars, it would have been them outlaying a plan. Yeah, the plan to it attack. I was going to say, it would have been like the Death Star sequence. Death Star. And it would have actually had the montage of them fighting through it. Instead of Mon Mothma mm-hmm. describing the plan. I, you know, somebody asked me if I could have been any character in Star Wars, who would I have been? And I said, probably Wedge, Antilles, because he survived both. Really. Yeah, he was the only like pilot yeah. survived both. Because Biggs bites it. Yeah, Wedge survives. Um, or we got it backwards. I'm not sure. But anyways, no, I, because I'm much more into the uh, whole flying an X-wing than battling with a lightsaber. And the reason I build a lightsaber is because I can't build myself an X-Wing. True. <laughs> you can't do it. can't do it. Um, if I had to be anyone, I'd be Lando Calrissian. Yeah, he's smooth. Cause Dude, he, he owned his own city. Yeah, and he's the only other person bad enough in the galaxy that they can have a cape and get away with it. Other than Darth Vader. Uh, Darth Vader and Lando, that's it. Nobody else has cape. And his is in like a full-length cape, too, at some it's, point. So it's like, like a little one. It's fucking like gold embroidered, too. How awesome is that? Definitely Captain Marvel in it. No, he's Shazamming it. Oh, Shazam. They changed it. It's true. John, did you be a Star Wars character? Hmm. I like Chewbacca. So, yeah. <laughs> I like Chewbacca. <laughs> uh, you would owe somebody a life debt? Yep. I do anyways. <laughs> oh, student loans. <laughs> well, how Wait, do we... Segway, Paul. Segway, segway. Yeah. <coughs> how do we pay our bills here? Essentially by being a comic book review podcast. <laughs> and that's why we yeah, do try every month doing our look back. So get ready. Buckle on in. We're going to review some comic books from January. Right after these messages. We don't pay bills. And here we are. We're back. Thank you, Kirby Crackle. We we don't owe you any money, but we still thank you anyways. John, what's top of our stack this month? Top stack is Uncanny X-Force, number 19.1. We're entering now the Age of Apocalypse, and there's no point to revisit Age of Apocalypse. I think this is like their third or fourth time they've done it. I, yeah, I believe since, it is. Since uh, the 90s little miniseries they did, which... It was interesting, the, the first one. Like, I don't think I read every episode out of the original Age of Apocalypse, but I read enough, and it was cool to see your characters in that kind of world. I really think they need to stop revisiting this. Um, in this, you have a small band of what's left of the X-Men, which is like Jean Grey, Sabretooth, um, Magneto, Rogue, or like the the... The main characters that are in this, and then, um, as as Paul pointed out, Wolverine's Apocalypse now. Maybe he's wearing the he's got the A on his belt. He's got like the he's got a gun arm with the hose. Mm-hmm. He's got like the it looks kind of like Apocalypse got, armor. Yeah, he's got like the Apocalypse armor. He's a dick. He's um, got the war paint like Apocalypse. Well, no, that's what he had. Yeah, he had that uh, back in the nineties. In the nineties one. Huh. Um, 
it seems like they're really forcing the accents in this, which I would imagine they all grew up in the Age of Apocalypse, so wouldn't they all just have poor grammar and just... No, because they've been surviving since her time, right? Because it's Magneto, who's now really old. Rogue, who's older. Well, no. I mean, the big thing is that What's-His-Face is, um... Oh, I see. I don't understand. This is a split dimension? This is like an alternative timeline or something? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought this was like a possible future for no, the no, X-Men. No, 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 no. This is like, what if... I thought this was like Cable's time or something. No, it's Apocalypse took over the world and there's more mutants than humans. Like Xavier never led the X-Men kind of thing. Oh. And Apocalypse wins? And what what did he win? I don't even know what Apocalypse is really after. All I know is he always goes into that like overly educated accent that I've gotten from the cartoon series. I am as far beyond mutants as you are beyond men. And it's like, I, I, what? Yeah, but what are you after, dude? Like, you, the uh, world is corrupt, and you just need to rule it. Like, what's going on? I I, I couldn't read this. Like, yeah. I made the attempt. I think I got like three pages in, and I was just like, "What the fuck have I read so far?" And I just, I closed it. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. My problem is, is like, oh, Uncanny X-Force. Why I picked up this book. And Rick Remender is doing an awesome job on Uncanny X-Force. It was the whole thing about, basically, Archangel becoming Apocalypse because he was so tainted and so obsessed about killing Apocalypse. That first story arc, you know, they kill, they find the reincarnation of Apocalypse and he's a little kid. And their whole choice is, do you kill Apocalypse while he's still underpowered and a kid or you not you know allegory to do you kill baby Hitler um and then you know and there was this whole thing with you know Psylocke you know showing up on, on in X-Men and they're she's kind of dealing with the aftermath of this whole thing of what's happened and I'm like well I kind of want to read the X-Force to see what's happening in that oh point one Marvel said hey if you want to get into a title you know, uh, you read the point one one, and you'll be able to catch up and get into it. I picked this up, hoping for a point one of Uncanny X-Force to get to the end, and it's really a zero issue for Age of Apocalypse. Yeah, which it's, is really a like a little screw you to you. I spent this money on this book hoping to get into Uncanny X-Force, and it's really launching this Age of Apocalypse book. Which, I mean, Marvel's kind of been known for doing that right now. Like, when they uh, he almost got they almost got Chris ordering the same issue. Yeah, the... Uh, X-Men, or Wolverine yeah, and the X-Men, Alpha it, and the Omega. Yeah, Wolverine and the X-Men and Kid Omega. Like, I was like, no. And, Close. Uh, you know, that really... It, it's really a shame on them. Because, I mean, they are. They, they, they force you to get... To buy a zero issue when they, I mean, they, they have no problem with putting out massive amounts of yeah. issues, and it was really just trying to get you to pick up your normal book, or it if is. you just order, you know, oh, I'm just going to order X Four. Is it Billy Tan on this art? Yeah, it is the creative team that is on the Uncanny X Force right now. It's, yeah, Billy Tan. It's Rick Remender and Billy Tan, and this is who's doing Uncanny X-Force, and I'm like, okay, this should be it. So I don't feel like they really hooked, you know, rooked me out of my money, but it doesn't feel right either, because, and the, it does say in a little blurb, Age of Apocalypse, but I also heard in the Uncanny X-Force, Wolverine ends up somehow in the Age of Apocalypse world, and he sees Tim Drake there, and he's using but, his powers in a whole new way. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Not Bobby, Tim Drake. Bobby Drake. Bobby Drake. Drinking. Oh, uh, <laughs> that was thrown off. Oh my gosh, you went into the you went into the Age of Apocalypse, and the DC, DC Universe was there. Written by a balls drinking. Having a horrible time with. But yes, yeah, Uncanny X Force nineteen point one. No. Yeah. No. Um, German it, judges don't even give it a score. Nothing. Nothing even like wants me to even pick up. Yeah, Age it, of Apocalypse. The it makes me want series. to pick up Uncanny X Force lots now. Yeah, Even I've never read any of the so X Force books since they've been relaunched. Mm -hmm. Like, is that new darker team that crosses the lines? I don't think they can. 
Um, no, this was horrible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I, I wasn't even that thrilled with the art. I thought that it was... Billy yeah, Tan wa- some good stuff. It's, wash, but... it's washed out. It's just got... Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not bad. Like, the washed out? I'm, I think I'm thinking to what the Age of Apocalypse... The original one from the 90s, I kind of have a, a look. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, even, like, it's not... The, see, I put all that on the colorist, because yeah. Billy Tan does some good stuff. All the characters look at least different. And not just, like... Jean Grey, just with a short pixie haircut, though, it's just a little confusing. She doesn't she look... supposed to have a tattoo on her eye? Like, with the M? I thought she had, like, a... No, that's Rachel Grey you're thinking yeah. about. I don't know. I just know everyone. Everyone had tattoos in. But they had the M tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know, but but like she had the. I think she had the M, or she had like a lightning bolt on her eye because Wolverine's got the weird war paint tattoos. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, uh, I think you know, we spent too much time talking. about Yeah, it, sometimes but. you know things from the '90s don't need to be rehashed at the Marvel universe. You know, there's some things that just don't need to happen. And that brings us into the book that it has all of the power and none of the responsibility. Scarlet Spider number one, which should be called Kane number one. Yeah. Again, uh, a little bit of Marvel uh, teasing a chain, yanking a chain, and me picking up a book, thinking. Man, I really did like Ben Riley. I, I did like his costume. You were not getting this Scarlet Spider costume that looked like the kid picked it up at the mall uh, kiosk where he just had somebody spray paint, you know, the spider symbol on it. But it's still Scarlet Spider. It's still going to be, you know, cool. It's still going to maybe be Ben Riley. And then we open it up. And, I mean, you go you go to a certain point where you think it could be him, mm-hmm. and then you're like, nope, it's Kane. And I don't even really know who Kane is. Chris, you know who Kane is. You can. I didn't read all the Spider-Man books, but he's like another clone of Peter Parker. He was like the first clone. And then there was the Ben Riley clone. And it was tainted, and he was mad, and he was kind of crazy. And there was like a whole lot of hullabaloo where the clones didn't know which one was was which, and I don't know. But I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed this book. Like Paul, kind of talked a lot of crap about it before I sat down to read it. Yeah. And, I don't know, like, I actually enjoyed it a little bit. Not enough to say, like, man, I'm going to put Scarlet Spider on my reading list. But, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I kind of enjoyed it. See, I looked at the tagline, all the power and none of the responsibility. I'm like, oh, good. Not a sad sack Spider-Man. This is a guy that's, when he's web-swinging, Peter Parker says, oh, I love web-swinging because it clears my head. I, You know, it's my way of, you know, escaping. But he never seems to fully escape and embrace that stuff. He's always doing it to escape his life, and but then he's always talking to Bruce, the you know gargoyle, about it, and always kind of sad sack Peter Parker. And I'm like, oh, cool, this is going to be Scarlet Spider, the guy that has cracking, yeah, fun. He's going to have fun. It's going to be the Spider-Man from the yeah Fantastic Four, because he always seemed fun in that. Like he was the yeah, yeah the funny guy. Mm-hmm. To replace Johnny Storm. Yeah, and the uh, the dance slot written. Yeah. Yeah. Once where they crossed over the last once last time we read I read a Spider Man book. Um Yeah, and this is And it, it's it's Kane coming out of Spider Island. Uh he's lost the scars. He's doesn't have to worry about that he's like constantly uh degenerating and dying. And now he's on the move, on his own. And I think they... I think putting the Scarlet Spider gets all those people who... For some reason, we all love the Scarlet Spider, that costume and everything, and getting people to do that. I think if they sold this as Kane number one, they didn't think they'd get the same. But Kane's been pretty integral in Spider-Man for the last, like, at least two years. He's been popping up. Um, especially with the whole Craven Society and all that. I... Um, read he, Spider-Man he, since that's the where he came back to help. He started helping mm-hmm. Spider-Man then. Well, and, they kind of talk about all this though, like yeah. in at the very end when they have like the editor like doing a write-up about it, and they wanted to use the Scarlet Spider name. Like it's it's recognizable. Mm-hmm. It's a title that you can put on a book and not have people be like, "What's that?" 
Scarlet Spider. You know it's a Spider-Man book without being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what you got here. Um, and tying it into Kane, that's okay. It's another recognizable Spider-Man mm-hmm. character from the like the same the era. Saga. Um, you just instead of Ben Riley, we have Kane. Okay, they were both clones of Peter Parker. One's in a costume now. That, yeah. That's it. If this is him trying to be that, like that Spider-Man, Eric quotes. And I think that's where you're getting all the power and all the responsibility because he doesn't have the same stuff tying him down. Like, right. yeah, he has his own issues and shit, but he, he's not like, oh, I gotta get Aunt May or medicine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the none of the responsibility is not so much him having fun with it. It's him like being like, no, I'm going to do what I want. If I want to save this person, I will. Does it cause injury to others? I don't care. Well, I, I don't see him not caring. Well, it's like, he, oh, I saved that woman. Him, and it's like, it's, oh, I didn't think about the yeah, guy there. Yeah, like, it's him not making the best choices because <coughs> he's just starting to be a hero. He's had these powers for a while. Mm-hmm. The one thing is, Kane was always more jacked than Spider-Man. And he's really slimmed down Peter Parker skinny in this. Mm-hmm. And I would have liked to have seen him just a little more a little more bulky, because that's... If he was more bulky, then this definitely would have the one thing that I've been saying all along with this thing. Chris says it's a Spider-Man book without being Spider-Man. And I sit here saying, no, it's the Venom book without being Venom. It is... He is... He's To me, this guy is more like Venom than he is Spider-Man. It is, and what they're doing with Venom being Flash Thompson and being a secret agent for the, gov- you know, government. Uh, I'm like, well, then you have a Venom title, but you don't have Venom in it, really. You have, you know, this whole symbiote suit and Flash Thompson having to worry about it not becoming Venom. Like, he's a ticking time bomb. Venom is the threat in the book. And then you have the Scarlet Spider book, where you have this kind of anti-hero, because he's been a villain for so long, this Kane, and um, now he's, he's trying to be a hero. It's this guy that's trying to suddenly become a hero, even though he's never done it before. Yeah. And that seems very Venom-y to me. Like, from when Venom first got his series, he was like the anti-hero. He's all the power with none of the responsibility. Uh, and it just feels more like a Venom book than a Spider-Man book. I'm like, no, this is... Uh, it's, it's a good. I think this is like this is a good point one or zero episode, like to show him going from Spider Island, yeah, to a number one issue, because it does. I mean, he cleans up, he shaves his beard, he cuts his hair, he's got you know he's got a uh-huh. like a brush cut kind of a thing. What a brush cut, much like who? Eddie Ooh. Brock. Oh. Oh. Uh, yeah. What, but here's a... Yeah. A, again, that was a stretch. That no, was a stretch no, here's the thing. Maybe I'm, like, reading into that too much, but it's not like uh, them trying to, like, get up to that Venom point. This is, okay, the cane you've always seen before had the longer hair. Uh-huh. Like, this is him getting away from that. Like, yes. this is him as a new man. Like... Yeah. He's... They're trying to recon Kane into a whole new character. You know, this is this is where they're cutting the ties. This, we're going to show you how he got here from where he was, but we're never going to make mention of all that stuff again. Like, that's how it feels like. I don't think issue two there. I think this is when they, like, nope, this is how it is now. Then we're setting you up, and we're never going to mention this other stuff again. Like, this past stuff from the first part of the issue, it's there, but now it doesn't matter. He's in Texas, in Houston. Uh, and he's going to try to make it on his own. Yeah, like, as someone who hasn't read a Spider-Man book in forever, yeah. I enjoyed this a lot more than I thought I was going to. Um, I, I, I have nothing against it. I have nothing against it. I just think, like, when I see it's going to be a Scarlet Spider, I think it's going to be more fun of yeah. a title. Yeah, and that's what I didn't get. I was thinking more wisecracking, more fun. And I got more edgy Venom. Than what I thought Scarlet Spider was. And that's be. why I said it should yeah. be called the Kane book, not a Scarlet mm-hmm. Spider. But and I say it should I be actually, called Venom. I liked the book. I liked seeing Kane in this in this world, but I don't know under the under the banner of Scarlet Spider. I don't know. It's not what I wanted out of a Scarlet yeah. Spider book, but it was it was good. What else is good? Possibly this beer <laughs> I'm drinking. Yes. Possibly sitting here. Um, 
from Great Lakes Brewery, we have the Conway's Irish Ale. Um, I enjoyed this more last week. Yeah. When I had it. I don't know. It might be just because we've had so many IPAs. IPAs. Yeah. Especially extra IPAs that it's kind of parched our tongues. Yeah. Parched ourselves. Because I'm getting like a bizarre taste on this now that I didn't have when Mm -hmm. we were drinking this last week. Yeah. It's, um... Yeah, I got a, yeah. Like, a mealiness almost? Like, I don't yeah. know how to describe it. It's yeah, like way in the middle hands. of the tongue there. Like, yeah. I don't know, but, um, because before this had a good red taste, kind of with, like, that mm-hmm. coffee edge to it. This now has a weird, yeah, mealy apple, kind of spoiled apple kind of taste. Not as much as the earthquake or dog bite that we had. Yeah. But it does have almost a rotten apple, but we were eating apples earlier. We did also. have apples earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, we, we did drink... We've we've had three three IPAs before this. Yeah. It's not like drinking this you can go well this would go great with corned beef. Yeah. You know, this is go great with a Reuben. Um but I I, I don't know. It's not I haven't I, this is my first time I've had it this year. It has like a, a peat moss taste to it. Like Yeah, it's definitely a peaty. Like and it didn't have that before. I don't, I don't know what a peaty taste what? <laughs> A peat moss? Just like an earthy, like, okay. bitterness. Scotch. Uh, yeah, peat. I'm not a scotch guy. Like, I don't... But, I mean, it is... He's it describing has peat. Like, they do peat in that. Hmm. So they're mashes. Peat mash. I don't know, because like, I, I really liked this before. Um, yeah. But right now, it, it's not hitting you right. Uh, and it's kind of unfortunate, because I love Great Lakes. I mean, mm-hmm. out of Cleveland, Ohio, kind of one of my go-to breweries. Like, if I'm trying to find something and, like, nothing's jumping out of me, and I see Great Lakes, it's like, oh, I'll grab it's, something from them. Great Lakes is one of those ones that might be on my go-to list, but it's farther down. It's, um, a, it's a hit or miss brewery for me. Yeah. I like Edmund Fitzgerald. I like the uh, Commodore Perry. Really Commodore good. Perry. And the Nosferatu was good when we had yeah, it. That's, like, their seasonal. Yeah, yeah that's their... But those are the two that I go to, but they're, they're like, well, what else is on there? There's a magic hat that's out on tap. I'm probably going to go magic hat before Great Lakes. Yeah, not if there's you. a Southern Tier, I'm going to go Southern Tier. I couldn't tell you last time I had a Great Lakes on tap. Mm-hmm. Great Lakes might go above Saranac, but that's because I haven't had a great Saranac in forever. Yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Listen, next week. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's definitely on my list. It's just not top. I would definitely drink this again. Um, I, I I like it. Like it's not it's not gross to me. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it was better before, which I think it could just be like everything else we've had to eat and drink today. Just mm-hmm. kind of yeah. like burned you out because this was much better. Like before, it's, it's hard to follow hops. Yeah, maybe we're not drinking in the right order. Yeah, we need to get a brewmaster to email us and tell us what we're doing wrong. <laughs> but you know who can do no wrong. Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on the pages of Batman from DC Comics. Wow, that is a sequel. I know, I'm proud of that one. You should be. Um, because we've talked about Batman before. Um, but when it came to do the look back, this this is everything you want out of a Batman book. We've, this is, we've said that like every time we talk about Batman now. Exactly. Thank you. I know, Chris. You were like, "Ah, oh, well, Batman and Robin is my Batman book because I want to see you know the interaction between." You know, Bruce Wayne and his kid. It's fun. And I'm like, and I've been the one person standing on Batman, right? Like, I've been, no, no, the Batman book is the one and only Batman. It's the one written by Scott Snyder. Yeah, it's Detective Comics before that, now Batman. Um, And this comic book has a gimmick. But sometimes it takes a gimmick to make you guys open up your effing eyes and see that this is Um, a Batman book. No, I... This has been my Batman book for the past couple months now, after I decided I was going to drop Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so good. It has been so um, good. You get a little bit more of a Batman... Um, What's sorry, been happening? <laughs> yeah, because sometimes a Batman book is not just a Batman Sometimes book. Batman books are just Batman books, and they're kind of crappy. But sometimes <laughs> you get good Batman books. Um, and there's so, some great stories, like mm-hmm. all the trades that you, like Chris has. So they're all great Batman mm-hmm. stories. Do you have all of them in trade? No, I don't. Exactly, because some of them are just Batman stories. Right. 
And sometimes it's a great story. And sometimes they stand, they 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 stand up on their own and say, "This is a great Batman story." These guys mm-hmm. nail it. And what's weird about this is Batman used to be the superhero book. Like Detective Comics is where you got your smaller Batman solving a crime in Gotham. And it's kind of flipped this. Uh, they flipped the uh, script here, and this is Batman uh, hunting down this old. Basically, nursery rhyme. This whole like urban legend yes, of Gotham, legend. of the Court of Owls, who actually controlled everything. The the Illuminati of Gotham, the highest, you know, the most privileged of families, like get, came together and basically discussed how Gotham would be run. And he actually looked into it and for a while and couldn't find anything. And as a kid, he almost killed himself doing it. Is like one of his first cases, which was all discussed in last issue, issue four. Uh, but now he's, you know, since Bruce Wayne made the whole speech in the first issue of Batman of wanting to change Gotham, you know, the actual architecture and the structure of Gotham, these core devils have finally turned their heads towards Bruce Wayne and Batman. Uh, and he's fallen into a maze. And as a reader... Uh, with the whole gimmick, uh, you're caught in the maze too. This the comic book to read it. You got to flip it, you know. To you know, uh, you start reading styled. it like horizontally, like yeah. you would any comic book. But then they have you flipping it vertically, so mm-hmm. you're actually like reading down the page. And then as you're going through, you have to flip it horizontal again. But to continue reading it. It's at that point you're actually reading the book upside down. Like, if you're flipping mm-hmm. to look at the front cover, you're mm-hmm. actually looking at the back cover and it's upside down. And, and pro tip, you're supposed to read the left page yeah. first and then the right on that first page where it flips. It is just so well done. Um, and it's at that point I was like, this fucking book's great. And Greg Capullo does a great job with the pic- uh, every time he ends up in a certain room. A picture is snapped of him. And they start putting up the pictures of Batman. He's been missing for, what, six Eight days? days? Eight days? Yeah. And each picture is Batman more and more deranged and disheveled looking. Like, one of his eyepieces from his cowl's broken, so he got the one eye. And Greg Capullo makes Batman look crazed. And the, and the suit just keeps getting rattier and rattier. <laughs> the cape. The work on the cape is amazing because it just looks so tattered and it just drags behind him. It it looks heavy just to pull it because he is dying of hunger and thirst where he's actually coming up to a water fountain and he's like, I know it's probably po- poisoned, it's or drugged, something. and I shouldn't drink. I'll just have it taste just to get it because if I don't, I will die. And it's him basically being drugged and going crazy while... In this maze, and Batman refusing to stop because nobody will solve a mystery that Batman can't solve. Create a mystery. Mm-hmm. Create a mystery. Yeah. It's this is like a perfect Batman book. Um, no, I just oh, I love it. After him. It's just the great. Talent. Um, I I can't say enough good stuff about Scott Snyder right mm-hmm. here. They do a fantastic job of, like, a page after, like, this, like, uh-huh. awesome, like, uh, next issue. Like, you have an ad for American Vampire here with Scott Snyder's name on it. Very nice. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a great Batman book. It's not just a great Batman book. It's a great comic book. Oh, yeah. Because it uses the medium mm-hmm. in its, like, to its advantage. Like, the, with that whole, like, you have to twist the book as right. you're reading it. It's and been done before, but this is... It, it's done crazy. well, and you... I mean, you're, you're following Batman, this guy that's pure logic, you know, kind of a thing, and he's... You're watching him just break down and get crazier and crazier, and as you're doing it, you're flipping, you're, you're flipping and rotating this mm-hmm. book, and... I mean, at the end of it, he has talon hands. Like, he's got claws for hands. Yeah. You know, and it's just, you just keep following it, and, you know, you're spinning your book like you're you're going down the rabbit hole with him. Uh, even the small moments outside of the maze where Commissioner Gordon is refusing yeah. to turn off the Batman symbol, not just to remind the criminals that Batman's still around, even though he's been missing for eight days, but also to remind the other heroes that, no, no, we believe in Batman. 
also. And then at the very end of the issue, with the last page, that ball finally burns out. And you have a great moment of Damian Wayne saying, get another bulb quick. Like, we gotta, you know, because we can't believe that Batman's dead again. And we're not, you know, it's it's comic books, right? Like, we just had the death of Batman. We know he's not dying here, yeah. but, man, that is still a strong, poignant moment. Yeah. And it's done very well. You know, we, we gotta suspend some disbelief here, but it's really good. This it is. It's a very good comic book. And it's not superhero Batman. It is bleeding. It's a Batman wandering around a labyrinth. Batman, that's detective. He's a man. He doesn't have his, you know, belt on him. It's... And it's a struggling Batman. And it's not the kind of struggling we got in Justice League number one where he was struggling with things. Or Batman year one where he couldn't jump between building and building. This is... Him being tested, but the test is enough, you know, is even enough for the reader to believe, like, okay, this would actually test Batman. Even at a more, you know, advanced stage of his career. Yeah. Which I really enjoy. Because Court of Owls seems like, yeah, well, you know. But Scott Snyder does well. It's honestly, like, it's one of those, like, it's the perfect foil for Batman. Uh And it's like, oh... They've done stuff like this before, mm-hmm. but it just hasn't been done as well. Yeah. And I, I feel like so much of it just owes to like what we were talking about that one day, where it's like you have Batman saying like, "No, I've I've looked into this. There is there is no court of owls. Yeah, I would not. I'm Batman. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's there. Like, and from four where you have, you know, Batman like kind of schlubbing it around in the sewers, mm-hmm. and now just like him. Going fucking crazy in a labyrinth, like being trailed the whole time. Like th- you're seeing Batman at his worst because <laughs> just of who he is, and yeah. he should know better. And he thinks he does, but he doesn't. It's just a great book. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, and I mean, we we mentioned with the the art in this. I mean, he's very good, like with just those black shadowy things. But then when you like the bright room with mm-hmm. the owl. Like it, it, the art just really is top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, he nails it. Oh, that, that whole idea of being stuck in this labyrinth and just having your picture taken and just watching yourself go steadily more and more insane is just so creepy to me. It's such a great premise, and and this is this is why every comic books do land upon this book every once in a while. You know. Yeah, book like this, it makes me happy to read it, and that's why I'm like, guys, I know this isn't a number one. I know this isn't even a first part of a story arc. This yeah. is like mid story arc, but this is a book we gotta talk about because this is why I read comics. It is. This is. I mean, this is the person. It's so freaking creepy. With like the statue of the owl yeah. turning his head. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, and you know it's all in his head, and it's just so good. Um. This is somebody that's like, oh, you know, you always have those people like, oh, oh like you're a Superman and Batman and Spider Man, and they gonna have a team up, and it's like you want to read something interesting, you want to read something that's a Batman book here, yeah, because this isn't what you think of a Batman book when you're not, <laughs> yeah, in, this isn't in the world that we're, you know, in the comic book world that we're in. There's no bat repellent, bat shark repellent in this. This is yeah. A, there's no, oh, I'm going to pour this through this filter, and now this water is safe for me to drink. Well, because he doesn't have his belt. But if he did, I'm sure he would. You know? But yeah, it's, and it's just a lot of fun. Like, one of the best things is the whole time is he's like, this thing can't best me. I'm, I'm Batman. This isn't uh-huh. it. And, and he's I'll just, stay in the shadows. He's, it's safe in the shadows. You know, this is where I yeah. will. You can't because I know all the tricks. I invented them, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's just... He's laying on the ground, like, looking at the seam of the yeah. stones, you know? He's just... Trying to find a way out. Anyway. He's just going, going mental. Mm-hmm. And this week, I, I have to say, DC, this month, DC just had better selection than Marvel. We reviewed well, two Marvel books and one DC book, and I think DC had the edge. This week? But what about last year? Oh, man, you mean over t- all of 2011? I think it's time we take a full look at 2011. In our second annual Comic Book Super Bowl. 
You mean Super Bowl? DC versus Marvel? DC versus Marvel. In a Super Bowl? In a Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Second annual Bangin' Borecast Super Bowl. I know, we've done stuff annually now. I <laughs> know. <laughs> so look forward to that next week uh, where we'll be bringing you all the hard hitting action. Until then, please leave a review on the iTunes. You know I love them. Uh, basically, comment on our forums, which is now our Facebook. The Facebook. Bagged and Board. Just Bagged and Board, yeah, right? Just Bagged and Board. You gotta spell it right. B O R E D. <laughs> and uh, what else do they, we want them to do? Contact uh, us? Contact us at uh, contact at baggingboardcast.com. Or hey, email us individually. It's just either Chris, John, or Paul at baggingboardcast.com. We have emails. Use them. Don't, yeah. don't email John because he can't. No, e- email John. He won't the, wait, the waiting's the best part. 